0: Welcome back to Sports Dump, Lewis County's only sports podcast, sponsored by Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery, Global Septic, and AmeriCool Heating and Cooling. If you would have been here five minutes ago, you would know that we test-ran the Chronicle Sports Film Podcast, maybe coming this summer when uh, sports dries up. Two thumbs up. Some real interesting takes. Uh, Josh saw a good movie. Cody and Dylan did not. (laughs) Um, anyway, I'm Aaron Vantile, area man. Aaron Vantile, joined tonight by Chronicle Sports Editor Josh Kerchabam, Sports Reporter Dylan Wilhelm, and Sports Clerk Cody Christian. Is it? Do you go is it Christian or Kristen? Uh, Kristen is the, prenec- the correct pronunciation, but no one really says that, so I just I don't really correct anyone. All right, good enough. Uh, Week Nine was honestly pretty boring, and we're just gonna skip it. <laughs> Come on, ask. it was the Swamp Cup. <laughs> it's the biggest game of the
1: year. The sound effect is already gone.
0: It's uh, we do have to talk about the lady who commented on a post about the Swamp Cup with, oh, wow, what a game. I wish I would have known about it. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. <laughs> it's the same week every year for the last hundred years. Anyway, uh, WF West won. It was their 15th straight win. They won 49 nothing.
1: It should have been less close. Um, Sounded like a banger. Yeah,
0: uh, was there Centralia any other-
1: scored in the first ten minutes, five minutes? Got called
0: back. Didn't got it? called what? back. Oh. That's too bad. Yeah. Um. All right. So we just gonna do crossover pre. We got a lot of like playoffs and notes and things. You to You could say into we're here. in the end game. We are in the end. game. <laughs> we deleted that. Uh, yeah. What do we replace it with? Oh, inadvertent whistle.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, some crossover previews. That's what we'll do today. The two A's are set after some Kansas tiebreaker shenanigans were necessitated in the GSHL uh, Friday night. Rochester is the FCO four and they will play at Woodland, the GSHL champion. Uh, Rochester is back in the crossover after going three and six they last went, year, last year, they went five and four to start the season. Oh, to start the season, they went 4-0. Then they lost four straight. Then they beat Tenaino 44-30 in the Scatter Creek Showdown. See, all
1: these rivalry games were just glossing okay, over Okay, fine. Them. Dylan, take 30 seconds to talk about the Scatter Creek Showdown. Was um, it good? <laughs> it was fine. I mean, okay. it really was. not Like,
2: <laughs> the final score, Tenaino was never... It wasn't a 49 nothing blowout, but it also was never really close. Um, Tenaino got a couple big plays in the second half to kind of close the gap. Um, I guess in the final two minutes, they were in the red zone to make it a one-score game. And it was kind of at that point where it was like, okay, well, you know, if they score and get an onside, like, then it gets interesting. And then they threw a pick in the end zone. So it wasn't really that close, but it wasn't 49 to nothing. I, so. gu-
1: I guess the one thing we we could add if you want to talk about this is, I don't know if you have a sound effect for it, but Sports Jump this week has a sirens banger of the week.
0: Oh, yeah, we will get to that. Um, We don't have a oh. siren, I don't think. Wait, are we holding off on it, or should we just – Well, we'll, let's get to that later. Okay. We're quiet long enough. You'll probably hear one outside. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It is Halloween. Uh, Let's see. The Brief on Woodland. They won the GSHL for the first time since 2007. Really? They haven't won since
1: 2007? They have not been good very. They had
0: a really good quarterback like uh, 10 years ago. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They beat Ridgefield 28-21 last week for the title. They are coached by a name many locals will remember, Sean McDonald
1: that gives Napa Vine fans a nightmare still to this day.
0: Does he make this team run out with the biggest American flag you've ever seen, too? You probably. Probably.
1: God, I just remember the Klama kid like they'd have to get the biggest Klama kid to wait, to carry that flag. He would flag. struggle with it. I believe they're running very similar to the Klama offense too. Their their quarterback just kinda does every does a whole lot. Okay. And
0: uh so yeah, that's Friday night, Rochester at Woodland.
1: I think that'll be a good game. I think Should be. we talked about it last week, but Rochester has the offense that can kind of be hard to prepare for. And I could, I, I think, honestly, I think they're a good upset pick here.
0: Okay. Uh, Saturday at 3 p.m., Hudson's Bay, the GSHL 3, plays at WF West, the EBCO 2. Hudson's Bay went 3-6 and six last year and there were picked. Oh, hell yeah. There what it was is. That about? Uh, it was about my upcoming vacation. Um, they finished wow. near the bottom of the GSHL, but they went seven and two this year. The brief on WFS, The Bearcats have won four straight since losing to Tumwater on September 29th. Their defense has only allowed 28 points in that span. They've held opponents under 15 points five times, but are one and three when they don't. They just beat Centralia 49 nothing in their 15th straight Swamp Cup win. So, um, are we gonna have a vacation with Vantile segment? Uh, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> WFS can they beat Hudson's Bay yeah probably uh yeah they're coming into it last the the Swamp Cup they missed on it a, a lot they I don't know if it was just it was like one of the first cold nights of the fall they had had to have had at least eight or ten drops um, Gage Brunfield kept hitting guys and they just kept dropping the ball uh, yeah and that set them back at least two or three touchdowns and. They just still completely I got in trouble for using the word outclassed in my article, mm-hmm. but they're just they're a cut above Centralia and yeah, they just dominated. All right. Uh, Saturday
0: at five o'clock Ridgefield, the GSHL four plays at Tumwater. The FCO one Ridgefield beat WF West to open the season and was tied for first in the GSHL going into last Friday. But they lost to Woodland and they got the short end of the tiebreaker. So they wound up the number four seed. Did they do a Kansas tiebreaker for those seeds? Yeah, or they did. And they made them all go
1: to Camus for some reason. No, wait, that was the three A's. The three A's were in Camus. They were in Vancouver. But, okay. Yeah. Uh, this is a
0: rematch of last year's district crossover, which Tumwater won 35 14. That was a
1: not as good Tumwater team, too. That was the, the thing that happened last year was that uh, Ridgefield fumbled the ball away five three times in the first five plays. And Tom Water just took advantage of three straight 20 yard fields. So okay.
0: completely blow them out. Uh in the one A's on Friday, Tenino is the wait, is in the playoffs?
1: We've been over this like three times. Everyone, Everyone. <laughs> is in the playoffs there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tenino is the Evergreen three play against Seton Catholic, the Trico two. Uh Seton Catholics only lost, came to La Center when they they, they lost fourteen thirteen and they blew a thirteen point lead in the final five minutes. Uh, they beat Rochester 32-30 in week one and spent much of the season at number one on the RPI board. I know how much that means to you. It means everything to me. Tonino is 2-7, and seven coming off a loss in the Scatter Creek Showdown. Playoff bound. Do you
1: have any, like, dis- I don't know. I put these notes together. I was. Do you have any discussion questions for the class? Sir?
0: Um, I don't know. Like, 2-7 and seven. is Tenaino, like, is this like a, uh, is this a trap game for Seton Catholic? Probably because if they lose, they're out, right? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I guess they can't look ahead if they have no idea who they're going to play. I, I will say this about tonight. from not
2: just the Scatter Creek showdown, but throughout the year, when they tend to have success and also against Alaska. it's really a coin flip. But when Cody Strong gets out of the pocket, anything can happen. He was able to hit Jack Burkhart deep downfield a couple times late against Rochester that kind of kept that game close. Or he might get sacked for a loss of eight and throw a pick 20 yards downfield. I don't know, but in a game like this where it's really nothing to lose and you're probably not expected to win, why not give the kid some shots downfield and just see what happens? It worked late against Rochester. You were able to kind of claw back, claw back in, but why not? That seems to be the most consistent, even if it's not super consistent.
1: Crossover sleeper pick for you there, Dylan? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I still I still go with Rochester with my crossover sleeper pick, and we talked about it a little bit last week, but I think it's still like last year where you just don't really know if the GSHL has that top, top level, you know, Tumwater or last year WF West is going to just blow the brakes off of everybody until you're deep into the state playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and they've kind of got, maybe the GSHL has a little bit more depth. I mean, they had one team go 7-1 and one and three teams go 5-2, and two, so like they're all kind of beating up on each other and beating up on the lower teams, but I just, I I got a feel. I got a good feeling. I think Rochester can, you know, slow the game down, shorten the game, turn it into a couple possessions. And then I think, yeah, Tumwater, I expect to roll. Richfield's very athletic. I mean, they beat WF West and their offense is really just, uh, they've got, they run with two quarterbacks, which is, and have for the past two years. You know what they say. Yeah. And it, it's kind of true, except for they did beat WF West. So, uh, and they got a couple good athletes out wide and it's really just like, they're gonna take like twenty fifteen yard shots downfield, and if they hit, you know, eight of them, they're feeling pretty good, but they're gonna punt the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened against Tomwater. I think Tomwater was up thirty-five nothing in that game, and then Richfield just hit a couple touchdowns late. But yeah. And then Hudson's Bay is a complete wild card. They're kind of the Ridgefield of the South, or the Rochester of the South. Nobody had any expectations. Apparently their line is huge because they've got um just Yeah, a bunch of really big kids. The story I saw in the Columbian, wrote a feature about them, was that um, the Hudson's Bay offensive line went to Applebee's for all-you-can-eat boneless wings and got cut off because they eat too many boneless wings. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of people we're dealing with. I know Cody's the lineman. (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: Uh, Do you think less of them, Cody, for not eating bone-in wings?
1: Uh, Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, they were three and six last year, so <laughs> baby steps. All right. Uh, this
0: podcast brought to you by Goble Septic. If you need to flush half the leagues in the state, call Goble Septic, uh, providing septic service and portable sanitation for Thurston, Lewis, Mason, Cowlitz, and Grays Harbor counties, septic pumping inspection and riser installation, commercial septic pumping grease trap services, and as always they will rent you a porta potty and a sink to go with it visit global septic that's g o e b e l
1: septic.com i actually had a uh, quick anecdote about that i was coming south from seattle and i saw a global septic truck mm-hmm. you know what it was a delivery truck and that sucker was empty there was nothing in the trailer and i was like wow somebody just got a good porta potty somebody is just going to town on that thing 100% it's
0: 30 degrees out <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, call 360 736 2167 to learn more we move on to the 2Bs now. Where Aaron will spend the next half an hour because he just wants to live, on, live in 2B land. I sure do. There's, uh, the, there's some real interesting games tonight. Uh, tonight, Wakayakum, the Western Division League Conference. Yeah. The Western Division number 1 plays at Adna, the South Division 4. Adna's on a three-game losing streak. Wakayakum is on a five-game winning streak, and Dylan and Cody will be there. Does anyone know why this game's at... Adna, because I still don't
3: understand why I there's mean, the, the four is going to the or the one is going to the four. They're the better league.
0: I don't know. Mm. Wokaigum too tough of a <laughs> place to play. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Congratulations, you won your
2: league. Not only do you have to play a play into the crossover, <laughs> but you have to go on the road. And if you win, you, you get
0: to, and if you win you get to play yeah, Napa. You uh, you deserve nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what are the five games Wakaiagum has won to be on a winning streak? Is there any like signature wins in there? Rainier, near, that's it. No. Oh. Okay.
1: I mean, this is its exactly what we kind of talked about and what or in your coach Andy Bartel talked about at the beginning of the year, right? You're going to get this game between a team that's just gotten the short end of the stick for week after week in the South versus a team that's got, actually got some momentum from the lower league. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, do we think Adna's in trouble? Uh, I, I have no clue, honestly. I
3: don't know how to compare Adna to anyone from their league, if they've played them at all. But... I think Adna should be able to take care of what kind of come from reports I've heard, I'll say. But I honestly have no idea. you got and, some, some top secret uh,
0: sources yeah, in Adna football.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like,
2: I don't really know how to compare yeah, it's, the South to the West. But from what I've seen from Adna against tougher competition, I'd like to think that they would be more competitive and, you know, come out on top in this game. Mm-hmm. I guess I wouldn't really be stunned either way, though. I am expecting a
3: close game, though. I know uh, another. last week they were down by like two to Kalama at half. So I don't know if that's something Wakaikum could pull off or not. Kalama also had nothing to play for. So who knows what was going on there. But yeah, this is really just Nabavine
0: Roulette tonight. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to pull up RPI rankings so we can see who's doing what. And I they can't come out find tomorrow. Right and I, I was going to look at last week's rankings. You know what? It's fine. Who cares? Not current. Uh, let's oh, see rankings. Yeah. I get those cross country <laughs> rankings. Uh, yeah, Rainier gosh. plays at PL Valley. Rainier's the West two. PL Valley is the North four. Uh, is this in PL or is no, this in, in Menlo? Okay. So we're not going. PL Valley could have been as high as number two, but lost a coin toss after the games wrapped up to slide to four. Rainier bounced back from a loss. to I by beating North beach, 68, 34 is North beach eight man. No, they're 11, man. They're not good, eleven man, but they're eleven yeah. man. Wow, they just gave up sixty to Rainier. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Adna Cross Country Academic State Champs. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the list I saw on WIA had nobody local being a cross country state or a, a fall sports state champ. Yep, there it is. I just missed it. Shout Wasn't out. Wasn't paying
1: attention. Shout out Rainier Cross Country Girls District Champs actually winning something that matters.
0: Yeah, <laughs> good for them uh let's see and then friday night forks is the north three and they'll play at on the south two at 6 p.m the loggers have hit 50 points at three straight games the spartans just had a three game winning streak snapped by napvine who we like in this one uh on alaska
2: by a lot i'm gonna add one more game in. i will also take on alaska it's just Mazingo rodriguez plays under hill yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah those three good luck Okay. <laughs> Good yeah. luck stopping them. Well I mean, said. It
1: is nice. I, I shout out the uh, early start time. It's to get Forks back before like 2 a.m. local time, but I'll also <laughs> take an hour of light. Like the photos won't suck from that game, which will be fun.
0: Uh, and then Toledo at Raymond South Bend. Is this in Raymond or South Bend?
1: I actually do not know. Probably South Bend. I think they've got the turf field out there. Yeah, I don't think they ever play in Raymond. Okay. Um, which, you know, Mike Christian was happy because they don't have to go to Forks, and they went into Friday thinking they would have to go to Forks, and I guess South Bend is better in yeah. terms of drive. But
0: this, uh, I think yeah, this it's is a much be, more pleasant drive.
1: I think this, this is going to be the only close game of the weekend. Like They played week one and Toledo won on the last play of the game.
0: Okay.
3: I'm going to go on a limb here and say South Bend, tough place to play.
0: Is it? Mm-hmm.
3: Mainly because uh, every time they score on you, they – Flash their LED lights on and off, and it's just so demoralizing. Oh, that's sick. yes, spoken <laughs> from experience, <laughs> that, of course
0: that that kind of kicks ass. <laughs> it does kick ass. yeah, it just sucks when it's not your field. Uh, it's kind of a cool field, but like it's pretty close to the water, you know. Mm-hmm. South Bend, cool place. Uh, and then Saturday, the Wakaikum Kalama or the Adam plays at Kalama, and the PWB very near winner plays at Napavine. Um so. That's that's happening. Yep. Uh, who do you guys think is going to come out of those games, Napavine and Kalama? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Who's going playing again? Wakai Kamerad. Wakai Kamerad. No, no, I don't. Yeah. Um, I think the the Napa Vine whoever they play game will be probably Napavine's JV team followed will score the most points followed by Napa Vine starters <laughs> followed by the other team. So the, the loser of Adna
3: come tonight is done,
1: right? Yep. Losers. Everything's loser out from here on out in football, which is Hell great. Yeah. We, we love
0: seeing teams get eliminated. Do you, have, do you have all
1: the names up on the
0: whiteboard ready yep. to cross them out? Oh, they get a race. Ready to go. That's my, my favorite time of the year. Yeah. Uh, and then the 1Bs. We've got Northwest Christian Lacey at Mossy Rock on Friday.
1: Northwest Christian is undefeated and maybe a six-man team? I just got that confirmed from Eric Olikainen. They are a six-man team, and they're playing eight-man, and I don't understand why. They won their league, and they're playing Mossy Rock, who also won their league. I, I don't get it. 1Bs make zero sense to me at all.
0: Uh, Well, yeah, but at least, like,
1: 27 teams get to go to state, right? Well, no, it's the same amount of teams. It's still only 12. It's just like half of them are from here. <laughs> Because well, right. the way the crossover works is districts one, two, three, and four, which is it's just literally six teams from west of the Cascades and six teams from east of the Cascades.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday, Tulela Heritage plays at Winlock, and Oakville plays at Concrete. That's about all we know. Okay. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery. They're locally owned, family owned, and here to stay. Everything you need for your living room, bedroom, dining room. Your entertainments room, some home accents, office furniture, mattresses. Cody could finally get a new table so he's not sitting at that uh that table he's gonna throw Dylan through you if anybody needs Wakayakum. You think Elam's got uh, headphones? Uh maybe. There's you probably a have
1: a stand you could put your headphones <laughs> on. Yeah.
0: Uh call Elam's home furnishings and Electric mattress gallery Center.
1: to learn more. Technology uh, Center Elam's three
0: six oh is there a local number? Did I delete it up here? Uh-oh. Uh, might have. Uh, they don't visit do electronics. Them, visit them online, elamshf.com, or stop by their showroom at 1530 South Gold Street in Centralia. Who's ready for volleyball? Hell yeah. Always ready. Mm-hmm. At least some, we,
1: we might actually get something competitive.
0: Uh, the 2B <laughs> District Tournament started Saturday, and the semifinals are tomorrow in Adna, Napfine versus Toodle Lake, and Rainier versus Adna. Toledo and Onalaska are... Also, both still alive. They're playing tomorrow in loser-out games, and they will play a second loser-out game if they win. Shocker.
1: Final four is all Central 2B League teams. Pretty good. I've seen that coming.
0: Oh, yeah, I have that in the next note. My bad. c 2 B L was 4-0 against Pacific teams. The Constellation semifinals, the fifth-place game, third-place, and championship games will all be Saturday in ADNA. Um favorites or dark horses in a bracket that has gone entirely chalk thus far. Could we get a C2BL sweep for all the state bids?
1: Yes. I, w- yes, I would expect so. I think I'm pretty sure it is still like feasible to get just C2BL teams through the losers bracket. I think, I mean, Dylan's watched more of the top. So Dylan's going to be out at the semifinal, both the semifinals tomorrow and I'll be out at the losers bracket games. But I mean, it seems like Adna's is all that. For sure. I'd definitely say Adnan is the favorite, but I'd honestly also keep
2: an eye on Tudal Lake. Um, it's kind of just been Aden and Napovine for most of the season until this last stretch. Um, but Tootle Lake earlier in the season went to Vine, took him to five sets, arguably should have won, but obviously when you get to the fifth set, it's kind of just a coin flip at that point.
1: Um, well, and they're Rainier's playing. Been, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, they're playing Napavine, and that was the last game of the regular season, right? Which I believe they won. They won. I think so, it was a sweep, right? Or, I believe so. Yeah. So two to late like Napavine's a semifinal. That's yeah. interesting. And then Rainier, I think, took a set from
2: Adna
3: last week when Cody and I were
1: there. Yeah,
2: I
3: mean, I mean, I think watching that set looked like they were playing. About everything went their way. It was like about as good as they possibly could have been playing. But they, if they can play like that
1: for three sets or more, then who knows? Maybe. Upset there. Yeah. On, on the flip side, Rainier actually dropped a set to Onalaska in their first round match on Saturday. Um, I want, forgot to put this, I think, talk about this last time. Onalaska's looked really good. I think they're my, uh, definitely a dark horse to get a state bid. I believe Jacoby yeah, Emily and almost Jacoby might be, take them themself, yeah. herself. She might be one of the best players in the league. She's definitely one of the best players in the league. She might be the best player in the league and she's a freshman. That team has one senior and one junior and I don't think either of them start, and they're pretty much running four freshmen and four eighth graders, and they are going to place at state in the next two years. They're already real good, and they're playing fun volleyball. They're not just, like, kind of doing the Winlock wakayakum, you know, just play a ton of defense and wait for the other team to make a mistake. They're swinging, like, at, at the Adnas of the world, or the Napa Vines, and give them two or three years, uh, they're going to be really yeah. good. And they're taking sets here and there, too. They're not just competing.
2: And, I mean, this is really just rehashing what Josh just said, so I'll keep it short. But they're really good right now. And for their age, that's extremely promising for the future.
1: And there's enough bids from District 4. There's always that. Last year or two years ago, I remember Rainier kind of got hot. And I don't remember who it was last year. But somebody, I think it was Forks. Somebody always gets hot out of District 4 right about now and takes that number 15, number 16 to see the state. And I think Ani's probably... Ani's got a good shot to be that team this year. Okay. Uh, moving on to the 2A district tournament that starts tonight
0: with the pigtail match. Everybody Australia loves pigtail. At Mark Morris, who you got? I don't know. Is it going to matter by the time somebody listens to this?
1: It's going to be over. Oh, it'll... <laughs> I mean, it starts in an hour, 40 minutes, so. Okay, so probably not.
0: Well, anyway, we hope that turned out well. Everything else is going to be at Tumwater starting Thursday. First round winners playing the semifinals Saturday. First round losers play loser out games Thursday night. Are these Tumwater and Black Hills splits? Uh, It's actually Tumwater and
1: Tumwater. They've got two gyms running in the auxiliary gym. So it's actually going to be a cool setup. They're going to be just going down the hall from each other.
0: Uh, First round matchups, Washougal at Tumwater. That's the GSHL 4 versus the EVCO 1. R.A. Long versus Black Hills. That's a 3 versus a 2. Ridgefield versus Aberdeen. uh, on Columbia River versus the Pigtail winner, which is, well, you know. Insert, yeah, come on. Uh, How many spots will the EVCO get? And will we get a finals that isn't Ridgefield versus Columbia River?
1: I got to feel like the GSHL feels kind of like how we felt about the girls' basketball or baseball, right? Like when they made Tumwater and WF West go to Hudson's Bay for a championship that we could have told you at the beginning of the season was going to be Tumwater and WF West. Yeah. Um, Columbia River hasn't dropped a set. I believe Ridgefield might have taken a step back from last year, but this has been the – I mean, Columbia River versus Ridgefield has been the state title game the past two years, let alone the district title game. It seems like these two teams are on a collision course. Tumwater might be... is Tumwater is the best team in the EFCO, and we'll probably get a state bid, but it could very likely be another three from one league and one from the other, unless Black Hills or Centralia goes out and shocks somebody.
0: Uh, how many from District 4 go to state? Four. Four? Okay. And then the 1A district tournament starts tomorrow. Tenino plays Kingsway Christian at Montesano at 5.30. Tenaino, uh where are they where are they sitting? Were they like a three seed, four seed? Three. Okay.
1: And like a, I think they're nine and eight. They're not like a, a football two and seven yeah, a the three-seed. They're like a legit three yeah. middle of the pack. Good three-seed. Okay. Uh, let's see.
0: Soccer. The two B tournament started yesterday. Districts and to beat Raymond South Bend two to one. Napfai beat Toledo four to one. Alaska beat Okosta six to one. And Kalama beat Tuta Lake nine-nothing. Same final four as last year. Are we going to have the same outcome as we had last year?
1: Yes. Pro- Kalama won by a lot. And that yeah, <laughs> yes, the, That's right. Yes. That's right. I mean, what happened? I Anna one, it was close. It was oh, close. I didn't see it that coming.
2: wasn't for about 40 minutes. I kind of put in my article, um, the field seemed to be slanted one way. And then mm-hmm. in the second half, it seemed to be slanted the other way. But the two teams switched sides. Same uh-huh. one, same way. Um, same way. Yes. Sorry if I said other. But yeah, um, so Anna comes out, puts up two, could have had a third, but the RSB keeper had a really nice save on a PK. Um and then within sixty seconds, I hadn't even made it back towards the field yet. I was finishing up a hot chocolate and trying to
1: add a famous slack hot chocolate. Some, uh-huh. <laughs>
2: yeah. And um I hear some cheers. I look up, it's two one um within sixty seconds, and they had another they uh the Ravens had a PK of their own, but Jordan Moon. Jordan Moon, that's her name. Thank you. I was blanking. She came up with a great save of her own. That's a game that could have gone either way, and it
0: was pretty fun to watch. Okay. Uh, Kalama is the favorite though. you guys think?
1: They have not mm-hmm. given up a goal. Yes. I would say they're the favorite then. I, um, Who I would... are they going to face
0: in the finals,
1: assuming they beat Adna, which is not a given, but... Ani Nappavine's really interesting. They played early in the year, and Nappavine won 1-0. They played last... So it's the same Final Four. It's different matchups. Last year, Ani beat Nappavine. One to nothing in the third place winner to state game. I think the story, the interesting thing, that game especially, and probably not the Klamathan game, but probably the third place game, is this is around the time that to b soccer starts to get a little formulaic where everybody just throws all their good players back and they shorten the game and basically play for penalty kicks. You're going to like, you, you get a lot of zero zero ties going to penalty kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the teams move their playmakers up from up top where they'll be scoring goals to, you know, central mid where they're just making sure the other team is, isn't scoring goals. So Navvine looked okay in possession. They kind of had, they had like two good moments, two good spells last game, last night. And other than that, kind of did that where they just held back and kept possession, kept the other team out of their net. But we'll see how many chances are. Well, we won't. It's at Kalama, but the TDN will be there and they'll tell <laughs> us, I guess. Yeah, of course they will.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. And then the uh, 2A started over the weekend. Centre lost the pigtail to Woodland, one nothing. First round is tonight. Ari Long plays at WF West, and Hawkinson plays at Tumwater. It's been a decade since the EVCO has sent multiple teams to state.
1: Tumwater last year was the first Epco team to win the district title for at least a decade. Yeah, the, the brackets only go back a decade. Yeah. So I actually don't know the last time that the FCO sent multiple teams to state, but it, that like volleyball, it's been a Southern, the Southern league has dominated. Yeah. Uh, Ari Long, WF West is an interesting matchup that um, they played earlier in the season and Ari Long won six to nothing. And Kevin Schultz was like, we're a different team now than we were then. And in 35 minutes, I shall find out. Okay. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by AmeriCool Heating and Cooling. Who's got an AmeriCool hot or cold take to share? I do, but I just, I wanted to, before I have have an AmeriCool business pitch, Cody was talking about the Global Septic Sanitation Station and the 30 degree weather. What if they paired up and had a Global Septic Sanitation Station with AmeriCool Heating in it? Get them on the phone. That'd be great. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll heat you up while you poo too. Exactly. Uh, Your
0: Comfort is their business. They offer full-service HVAC installation services and repair with a 100% satisfaction guarantee on everything they do. Just like us. Just like this podcast. You can call their 24-7 emergency service line, 360-669-8446. But please make sure it's an emergency. You're not just calling because you're bored and you're like, you know, it's... It is cold out now. It's like 66 in my house, and I was really hoping it'd be 71. I don't know that they'd rush to help you, but they probably would because they're great. Uh, visit west.americoolonline.com to learn more. They've got a big red button up top that says request service or another what one What happens says, if you hit
1: that button, Aaron?
0: Hit that button right now. They'll come crashing through the, do- the window. Oh, they're here. Uh, hey,
1: guys. <laughs> Americool! <laughs>
0: Uh, no, it gives you a form to fill out, and then they, they will reach Just out. Just like the Kool-Aid man.
1: I'm cold. I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm hot.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, who's got an AmeriCool heating and cooling hot or cold take?
1: The number of Central 2B League All air, all League players is too damn high.
0: Yes. Uh, over 200 C2BF football <laughs> players made All League, and that is... Too many. Too many.
3: As a former C2BO all-league football player, I would yes. have to disagree with that, Josh. <laughs> uh, do you feel
0: your achievement has been diminished looking at the overall numbers? That that uh, that select group of 200 kids who got that uh, same frame certificate of participation. I, I just want to point out... I didn't
3: get a certificate.
0: Oh, what did you get?
3: Uh, nothing. Did they only print
2: out like 100 the, certificates? Yeah, By yeah. Name <laughs> Chronicle? Yeah, you probably had to be first team. I was second.
1: Um, there are... Be- so they have so many because... There's the, so many each teams. E, well no cuz each division gets its own lists so there are like I want to put out a tremendous shout out to Onalaska football because Onalaska football is one of four teams in the south division and they they're the only one that didn't have an all-league kicker <laughs> <laughs> there are three all-league kickers in the four team south division oh well there are four five, I, I think does Onalaska have a kicker I don't think they do which you know, fun fact, I don't think any of them do. <laughs> Toledo kicks field goals. I think that's it. Like, I, I, how many field goals have you seen attempted this year, Dylan? The one Toledo game I went to, they got shut out, so I have not seen. Yeah. A single <laughs> I, I saw, seen one. A, <laughs> I saw WFOS miss
2: one earlier th- uh, last week, and that's like it. Tanino tried. This is one A, but Tanino tried an extra point last week, and it just,
3: yeah, no. <laughs> so you guys aren't taking into consideration all the different positions, though. Because There's just three of the best at each position in each league.
0: My god, Cody's right. We forgot how many kids play on a football team at the yeah. same time. What well, there's like,
3: there's 22 and then special teams, right? It's the <laughs> kicker. So,
1: yes, you missed your, I've played 2B League football, it's yeah. 22 different yeah, people. It's
3: the SEC. Yeah. Come on,
1: <laughs> well,
3: everybody, I, everybody I was. Knows we run 44 deep around yeah, here, exactly. <laughs> well, I was a uh, second team. Offence and defensive line, so the way I looked at it was I was the second best at my position on both sides of the ball in the league, and I will die
1: on that hill. I'm going <laughs> to
3: in the West the.: <laughs> yeah. In the
1: West division, Wakayakam had multiple all-league return specialists. If there are two of them, you're not a specialist. Yeah, you have one return specialist. Yeah, I think, I think they you, should. Uh, I think all you got to
3: do
0: to make that list is house one kick at some point <laughs> in the season. So, I, uh, I do they have honorable mention on these lists I haven't actually yeah, looked at the list. Yeah, it increases yes.
1: first team, second team, honorable mention. Yeah, like you and can probably for, do away with honorable mention. Exactly. At this well, point. so for the top two, the North and the South, it's the first team and the second team, and both of them had like five honorable mentions each. And the West Division had a first team and a second team, and an entire team's worth of honorable mentions. It's, it's too much.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I vividly recall last last year sitting in like the film room or something, and uh, my our beloved quarterback Lane Johnson was reading the <laughs> the article, and he's went, "How the hell am I honorable
1: mention?" <laughs> <laughs> he got all the way up to second team all league. Was he second team? He was. I was about to say when I've seen that him, he's like decent this it year. Was second, it was I don't know.
0: Uh, at least they're announcing much. it now before playoffs start. They used to. For a long time, the Central 2B League would wait until every team in the league was done playing and their season was over. title. And they'd always have somebody in the finals, so you'd get this list, like, December 15th.
1: I just... I got this list in my inbox yesterday, right before print deadline, and I got an email, and I was like, oh, I can put this in the print before it goes, and I opened it up. I was like, this is not going in the paper today. (laughs) (laughs) They also had uh, soccer and volleyball on it, which, first, I guess, like, the flip side of this, shout out to Grady Fallon and the other coaches for in the central Two B league for organizing this and getting this to us because cough, cough at every other league. haven't seen anything yet. We, yeah. It's great
0: to get them all out and all at the same time. Like yeah, that's like, just and solid work.
1: Central B League leagues always on top of their, on top of their job for that. That's cool. And yeah, so a uh, couple, I mean, players made the soccer list. It's the soccer list is dumb because there's three MVPs. There's an overall MVP, a mm-hmm. uh, defensive MVP and an offensive MVP. And they're all different and they're all different except for they all went to Kalama. So, like, between the, between the MVPs, which, honestly, knowing how good they are, probably fair, but also between the MVPs, the first team and second team, I believe all but two of Kalama's starters are all league, which, again, possibly fair, but probably kind of dumb. And then for volleyball, uh, Adnes Kendall Humphrey won MVP, which, good for her. And guess what? There's only one MVP and one team. Actually, I think there were two teams. Never mind. But good for,
0: yeah, I'd like, I'm fine doing a first team, second team, but if you've got 200 kids getting like making a list of something then like, calm down, uh, Ashton Demarest was the offensive MVP of the North division. Some are saying the toughest division in football. Is it actually, is it, am I just making that up?
1: I think, no, I'll keep going.
0: Uh Caden Mazinga was the defensive
1: MVP of the South Division. Some are calling that the toughest division in football.
0: Who was the defensive MVP of the North Division? The Raymond South Bend fella? Stigle. Steagle?
1: Steagle, yeah. And then Aiden Brown from Kalama was the North Offensive MVP. Well, he's Rodrigo Rodriguez, not the MVP. He was not. Was he a first team running back? Yes. Had to be. It was the yeah, offensive
0: Of MVP. course. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Dorian Cano was the defensive MVP of the west. footballs west of it. Who's Dorian Cano from Rainier?
2: I okay. don't think anyone says that's the toughest division.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> respectfully, <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, toughest division
1: that Rainier is also in. Yeah. Um. Okay. What? Uh, what
0: else do you guys want to talk about? Well, you we want to talk else? about all
1: like could all. Academic teams or whatever.
0: But. I did. I had a link to them. I missed the very first entry on the very first slide of that post, which was Adna being cross-country. So so you All know what? Ac- Let's
1: just step back. What was your yes, line I- gonna be if it had been true and no Lewis County teams had made it? I was
0: gonna be like once again, Lewis County shut out of the academic state championships, but it was false. Um I I see the irony being an adna graduate, <laughs> making that joke <laughs> and missing that.
1: What do you think about that, Cody?
0: No, uh, well, I don't know. You didn't run a lot of cross-country? He <laughs> never would have contributed to their state They, they also
1: actually won something that mattered. Jordan Stout from ADNA uh, got the boys. Yeah, that sounded pretty interesting. Sure. Him
0: and, uh, the, yeah, Marty him and like the Marty Kid are their boys. Did you actually
1: read my article?
0: I read that one, Holy yeah. It was shit. about cross-country. I think <laughs> the team won the district uh Yeah, too. I think they did. Yes. Rainier did. Girls won, and then... Uh,
1: yeah, Rainier Girls swept. They're insane, and... It's hard to tell. I mean, as somebody who is not well versed in the RPI of cross country, I don't really know how they're going to stack up when they. You should get a hold
0: of that kid on Instagram.
1: What does this mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. The going up between so Adnes Jordan Stout and Toledo's Trade and Marty. I mean, it's they're central two B league runners, so they run against each other a lot. And this was the fourth time that they had, well, the fifth time that they had been in a meet together, but the fourth time it had been just like a in state one, and uh, or in yeah. Um, where it was just, like, two-week competition. And coming in, they split the two regular season ones, and then Marty won the league championship last year and stuck on back and actually got to talk to him. And he gave a really cool window into it. He was, like, just kind of like the strategy of it. He was like, uh, Marty is a lot more, like, start fast. He talked about how Marty tries to, like, his word was, like, break you over the middle, Mm -hmm. like, kind of keep that pace. And the past couple times, he had kind of done that and... Stout had tried to run with him, whereas, whereas this time he was like, I'm just going to kind of sit back and then wait, and he caught him pretty much over, like, the last 500 meters, and as soon as he had him, he was just completely won. I think he won by, like, 10, 15 seconds or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a good race, and I mean, they're obviously, they're both going to the state. Good luck to them again. Zero clue how they stack up with anybody else, but
0: if only there were an RPI system to tell you that okay. or Athletic.net. Oh, you have it
1: open now. I so don't t- I
0: don't have it open now. T- Let me, me open me, athletic. Tell me what dot is N- gonna N- happen
1: at State so I don't have to pay attention to it, it on Saturday when we also have five football games and the finals of five separate district tournaments.
0: Well, hold on. I gotta it'll take me a second to get there. Talk about something else. Where are you guys going on Friday? What are uh, your plans?
1: Uh I'm gonna go to Ani and Dylan's gonna go to Mossy Rock. And those are actually the only two Games in the area, and then the other hot take is um, whoever set up Saturday, I hate you. <laughs> um, as I said, we yes. have the <laughs> I don't know if that's a take, the, but the winners, but it is facts. The last day of the district tournaments involving the district title games and all the to state games, and some semifinals of the two A volleyball, one uh, A volleyball, two B volleyball, two B soccer, two A soccer. Those are in five different places, along with two two B crossovers. Two 2A crossovers and two 1B crossovers. Why? Fridays exist. When, when, I, was, when I went to school, when I was a little kid, uh, they were allowed to play football on Fridays. That was just kind of a thing we did. You got to travel a lot further for these games, though. You,
0: you don't. Some of them do. You got to play for these things.
1: Uh, back to cross country, the sport we <laughs> did. <laughs> also, the, the cross country state championship is that. And yeah, we, we're not going to be able to pay much attention to it.
0: Uh, Jordan Stout has the fourth best time in the two B's, uh, two B's and one B's. Uh, there's a kid from St. George's at 1538. He's the fastest Stout's fastest time is 1555. So he's 17 seconds off the lead there. Uh, And then Trayton Marty is 16.23 is his best time. He's got the seventh best time in the state. So there's two potential top tens.
1: I mean, a lot of those, as somebody who knows nothing about running, a lot of that is kind of who you're going up against. So I think I remember Alex saying that a lot of the times the state championship is a lot slower because for the first time it doesn't matter what your time is. You just have to beat the person in front of you. Yeah, So they'll kind of take it a little slower until the backstretch and then really into a sprint. Mm -hmm. Well, unless you're
0: trayton Marty, which is Beach over the middle. Yeah. He explodes out fast. Well, Jordan Stout hangs back and then picks him off.
1: Uh,
0: What's the... And then a bunch of people from
1: Eastern Washington are just like, oh, we're here to cheer you guys on. We're not actually trying today. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) Madison Ingram from Rainier is seventh in the state as far as times go, but she's a minute 10 back of the fastest, which is Sarah Casebolt from... Idaho. What? What?
1: Let me see that. The fastest
0: team in Washington. (laughs) She's from Logos, Idaho. Maybe it's one of those schools that, like, just competes in WIAA because they're so close to Washington and not an Idaho school. I'm on it. Wow. The Logos Knights out of Moscow. Oh, that is pretty much a Yeah, that's in in Washington. Okay. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, she's got the fastest time by 28 seconds. But you know, Idaho, they're not big on science, so who knows if that time's legit. Pretty much. Um, anything else you guys wanna discuss? Josh, you've got your, your rant in. Yeah. Dylan, do you have any rants you wanna uh not a rant, just some kudos to Justin Chung and
2: Javen Hahn. We don't talk a lot of tennis on here. Um, but they were two boys from WF West who qualified for the state tournament. Um yeah. I just wanted to See you
0: in May. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up there then. Thanks for listening and check back next week when Josh tells you how much he ate Saturdays.